Hi beautiful light of the world and welcome to the bright side. I hope you're doing well today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here to listen and support this podcast. This podcast is here to help you find light in dark places of your life because once you shine light on something, the darkness cannot overcome it. Today we are shining light on eating disorders, when food becomes the enemy. Eating disorders are not only dangerous, one of them being the most deadly mental illness, but they are also misunderstood and very normalized by the diet culture in our society. Once someone begins to restrict, where do we draw the line between a diet and an eating disorder? This is a disclaimer that I will be talking about disordered eating, including different forms of restrictions and also different diets. If this is something that is triggering to you, please do not listen further. This podcast is here to bring light into your life. And if this is not what this episode is going to do for you, then please do not listen any further. This podcast not only is here to bring light into your life, but it is also here to shine light on dark topics such as disordered eating and diet culture and eating disorders. And because of that, there will be discussion of certain sensitive topics. The purpose of that is not to bring darkness into your life, but light. And if you know that this will bring darkness into your life instead of light, do not listen. Although there are many different forms and causes for eating disorders, mine began with simply that, a diet. You see, I have been ill since the age of 10, or sometime before that. When my health declined, so did my relationship with food. Let's begin in childhood, the first time I saw food as the enemy. I believe I was around the age of 11 or 12. I don't remember exactly what caused it. I think it was a mixture of a few things. One being that my body was changing before I felt ready for it to. Another being that we had a teacher who spoke a lot on diet culture. My teacher, like many others, was very consumed by diet culture. He ate very as some would say, clean, and he exercised constantly, and he was very into that whole healthy lifestyle, fitness kind of life, which many are, and I think it is important to treat your body well. I just don't think treating your body well includes restricting and depriving yourself of nutrients or simply just feeding your soul with foods that you enjoy. I understand where he was coming from because as someone who has went through an illness, I was in that healthy living lifestyle as well and I understand where he's coming from and I too was in his shoes once that I thought talking about healthy living And I guess in a sense, pushing diet culture was actually beneficial to my loved ones or friends or anyone that would really listen. I truly thought that I was doing them a favor. I thought I was just giving them knowledge and helping them become better, healthier versions of themselves. 
And I could not see back then how dangerous what I was doing was. All to say that I am not resentful or angry and I don't hold it against that teacher or anyone else who has pushed diet culture on me because I too understand where they're coming from. I have been there and I know that in their hearts they thought they were doing the right thing. With that said, it is very dangerous and you should never tell someone else what to do with their body or what to put in their body because you don't know what kind of impact that can have on someone and you don't know someone else's personality or you don't know what else someone has went through and sometimes that can be that small little push that makes someone fall over the edge. Although I didn't completely fall off the edge, I did struggle at that age and I started restricting my food I would throw out the lunches my mom made me. I started losing weight. And because I was so young, I wasn't very conscious of what I was doing. I think it was just a form of control at that age. As you'll see, my eating disorder throughout my life was mostly based on control. I also tend to fall into the all-or-nothing mindset quite easily, unfortunately, and that can be quite dangerous with something like an eating disorder. Although at that age, I didn't tend to hold on to that all-or-nothing for too long. I was still young, and I was ever-changing at that point in my life. Therefore, my eating disorder didn't stay with me for very long at that stage in my life and I don't really know how it stopped. I don't know if maybe I stopped feeling the need to have that control or maybe I just got tired of it because like I said I was still a child essentially at that time and I don't really remember how it stopped but it did. Once I became a teenager I do remember struggling with food to an extent, but it wasn't consistent. I would sometimes, if ever I had certain symptoms, I would look up how to get better. And unfortunately, if you look at how to heal yourself naturally on the internet, often it will tell you what foods not to eat instead of telling you what to eat, which is very frustrating because if they would simply tell you, oh, add this to your diet instead of simply just telling you to cut out all these foods that, I'm sorry, but when did we decide that foods such as dairy, corn, wheat, when did we decide those were bad foods? If you look at history and you look at what people ate, it was mostly that. I mean, bread and butter and cheese and milk have been foods that people have ate for centuries. And now we decided that they were bad. As you can tell, I am very upset 
with diet culture because once I saw what was happening, I was so incredibly broken that so many of us are struggling with the same thing, especially people that are chronically ill like myself. We are so susceptible to diet culture. I'm getting ahead of myself. I started restricting certain foods is what I was trying to say and I think it was mostly dairy at that time because I think that is when diet culture decided that dairy was a bad food and that every single symptom that you had and every disease was caused by poor, poor dairy. Although I was reading all these articles or facts that weren't really facts about dairy being horrible, I still wanted to eat dairy and I think at that point I didn't even think what I was doing was disordered. I didn't think it was bad because it seemed so normal that I wasn't eating a certain food because, oh, I want to be healthy and I want to take care of myself. So I remember I would eat chocolate or something because I would crave it so much and I would chew it and then spit it out into Kleenex and throw it out. And I don't know if you've ever done something like that, but if you chew something and you don't swallow it, you don't feel satisfied. Even though you've tasted it, it's not the same. And that's why you're meant to swallow and digest food because usually when you're craving something, it's because your body wants it. And pretty much every single food has some kind of nutrients or some kind of vitamins or some kind of calories that your body needs. Whether it's just the fat your body needs or the sugar your body needs or the proteins or maybe some kind of vitamin, most of the time, When your body is craving something or your soul is craving something, even if it's just for the satisfaction of it, your body, your mind, you need it in that moment and that is okay. You don't need to spit it out in a Kleenex. You don't need to make sure you don't buy it and it's not in your cupboard so you don't eat it and then just think about it all the time. You are allowed to eat it. You are allowed to eat the chocolate. It's okay. I did get tested back then for a dairy intolerance and I did react and I'm sure that did not help my disordered eating but the funny thing is I don't react to it anymore. I eat dairy every single day because I come from a long line of French people and we love our bread, our butter, and our cheese and I don't have any problems with it anymore and that's another thing the body is ever changing even though I was intolerant to it at one point in my life I'm no longer intolerant to it now I do understand not eating a certain food if you are allergic or intolerant of course I mean that is for your health and that is for your well-being and I think if you are truly listening to your body and honoring it and nourishing it you don't want to cause it harm But what I'm trying to say is that the body does change when it comes to intolerances, even allergies. 
but be sure that you are followed by a doctor or healthcare professional if ever you are looking at eating a food that you might have reacted to in the past. That is not what I was trying to get at. What I was trying to get at is everyone is so different and something that one person reacts to, another person can react to it completely different. And I know for my brother, he can't have cinnamon and that's not a common allergy. And he can have other foods that are labeled as bad foods that no one should have, which makes no sense to me how we can label certain foods as bad when every body is different and every body reacts to different foods differently. Something that one person reacts to, another person can be fine with. And I mean, dairy and corn and gluten and all these foods that are, for some reason in diet culture, labeled as bad across the board, they, they're not any different. We need to stop labeling foods as good and bad. There's no moral value to food. They, they don't do anything. They just exist. Can we please stop telling people that certain foods are bad? I mean, they don't need to go in a corner for time out. They're not bad. They didn't do anything. We did something wrong. We did something wrong by judging food for just being food. I am so sorry. I keep getting off topic. I'm going to now go back to my eating disorder story. I am now going to talk about when I became an adult, which happens to be when things took a dark turn for me and my relationship with food. Although I did have some disordered eating habits, I, in general, always had quite an okay relationship with food other than those instances. By that, I mean I would eat a lot and I would eat mostly anything. And anyone who knows me knows this because I was always a very tiny human and people would often assume I had an eating disorder when I didn't have an eating disorder and I think that's important to note Eating disorders do not have a look. They don't have a gender. They don't have a size. Eating disorders do not discriminate. And I think the idea that it does is very problematic. And it can make it very hard for someone with an eating disorder to recognize that they have one. And it can make that person's loved ones not recognize it. And that can be very dangerous. I was chronically ill, therefore I was small in times that I had a very healthy relationship with food and I was a larger size when I had a very bad relationship with food and it had nothing to do with how much I was eating, it truly just had to do with the body ever changing and that's another thing that people tend to not realize. Everybody has a different body and on top of that every body is ever changing that means everybody has a different set weight that the body prefers to stay at and that set weight can fluctuate and change through life and there is nothing wrong with it there is nothing wrong with being a smaller or a larger size i did it again didn't i 
Okay, back to adulthood when my relationship with food took a dark sign for eating disorder. I was never someone that was into the whole health, fitness, culture that just had never been part of my life. When I was younger, I did like sports, but in general, it wasn't the health, fitness community. And by that, I mean it wasn't working out, working out gains, um, eating healthy, eating a certain amount of calories. It, It was never like that. It was just for the simple pleasure of playing sports. But once I became an adult and I was in my second year of university, I decided that I wanted to get into fitness and that fitness community. And I wanted to take care of myself, which I don't think that in itself was a bad thing, wanting to take care of myself. But I think, as I had mentioned, I'm an all or nothing person. I think I went all in and I think I caused myself a great amount of harm due to it. I began going to the gym every moment of spare time I had and if I didn't have time to go to the gym I would work out at home and by that I mean I would work out for an hour or two and I would do that constantly. I was doing it for a number of reasons none of them being good ones. I was doing it for my body because I wanted to look a certain way. I was doing it to escape my problems, which any form of escape is very dangerous because a problem can't be escaped. It needs to be faced. If you keep trying to escape a problem, you will keep having to escape it. And before you know it, your escape becomes your problem. And that is what happened with me. My escape, being working out, became my problem. I more or less kept going until my body couldn't anymore. And I'm sure many of you have heard of chronic fatigue syndrome or adrenal fatigue And I think it is so prominent in our society because we don't know how to rest. We don't know how to listen to our bodies when our bodies are telling us enough. I need to rest. Keep pushing our bodies until our bodies give up on us. And then we get angry at our bodies for acting the way they do when we are the reason they are acting that way. Although I was exercising far too much and I was harming myself by doing that, I did not start having a bad relationship with food because of it. Since I had been ill for so long, instead of relating my exhaustion to working out so much, I wanted to have answers on why I had been sick for all those years because I assumed that's why I was ill because I always thought that exercising and all of that would have made me healthier. I didn't really realize at that time that overdoing it was actually quite unhealthy. Therefore, I started looking for answers. And 
by looking for answers, all I had were more questions and somehow I wound it up with the candida diet and that included cutting out any form of sugar, even certain vegetables such as carrots and I was so desperate to get well that I just did it and I cut out any form of sugar and I truly felt like I was dying. And by that, I don't mean I was missing sugar. I mean, I would wake up shaking and feeling like I was actually just dying. I would be so thirsty and it was the kind of thirst that no water could quench. Even though I felt this way, I kept doing the diet and I kept not eating sugar because I truly thought that I was doing this for my health. Although my symptoms and my body were telling me completely otherwise. <laughs> I did the candida diet for quite some time and all I had were bad symptoms where I felt like I was dying and nothing good came out of it. Nothing at all other than the fact that when I added sugars back in like fruits, they tasted incredible. More or less, the best part of that diet was when it was over. Since I was still ill, I wanted to get well and I decided to go to see a nutritionist that specialized in Lyme disease. And I was diagnosed with Lyme disease along with Babesia, Bartonella. I was told I had to cleanse from parasites and candida and I was put on another no sugar diet and this was terrifying because when someone tells you you can't eat sugar because you are feeding the bugs would you eat sugar would you eat anything that might feed bugs inside your body I felt so dirty. I felt diseased. I just didn't want to be sick anymore and I was willing to do just about anything to make sure of that. I followed this diet for months to maybe a year. I honestly, I don't remember. I actually got quite ill to the point that I don't remember it. I barely remember any of it. I constantly had episodes which we now suspect were absent seizures. And this diet and the herbs and the supplements I was taking just made my body go downhill so quickly. I think the most terrifying part was that even though I was getting more and more ill, I was being told that was normal. I was being told that it was a detox, that it was my body clearing itself of toxins and that it was part of the healing process. I wasn't getting better and I ended up seeing another doctor and this doctor actually had qualifications of being a GP before starting her practice. 
Therefore, she was able to do testing and she was able to prescribe antibiotics and other medication. And when I saw her, she decided to bring up other diets, completely different from the one I had been following, which I was seeing no results from. And I remember being so conflicted because the diet said that we weren't allowed to have dairy, yet I had to take probiotics in a form of yogurt. And it was just, it it would contradict itself. Even though I didn't follow this particular diet because the contradictions didn't make much sense to me, it still made me have some level of fear over those bad foods that I wasn't supposed to be eating from the diet she had spoke of. Not long after that, I had an episode that I had spoke of before and I flew off the highway, skipped a few lanes and hit a cement wall after I hit the exit sign and I started not going to see doctors as much because not only did I lose my license because I was in no mental state to drive, but I was devastated. I felt like no doctor was able to help me. I was only getting worse. And not long after that, I got diagnosed with Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever by my doctor, only to be told that I couldn't be helped. That is when I decided to take things into my own hands and I started doing research and looking into holistic living and a holistic healing and essentially falling right into diet culture's lap. And unfortunately, that led to fasting and raw veganism, which is extremely restrictive and very, very dangerous. I truly didn't realize I had a problem until I was on my deathbed. It was very hard to recognize that I had a problem since diets had always been given to me by doctors and even the diets I was following with fasting and raw veganism was given by a naturopathic doctor. And because of that, because they are doctors, I just assumed they were right. I think it also took a lot of time for my loved ones to even see it as a problem because they also saw that the doctors were the ones telling me to go on these diets. So they too just thought, okay, well, she's doing it for her health. And I think it was also difficult because I had lost a lot of weight due to being ill. Therefore, we weren't really sure by the end of it what was causing my weight to continue dropping. Although my illness stemmed from something else and the tick-borne illness did cause a lot of symptoms and a lot of weight loss, by the end of it, it was no longer what was killing me. My eating disorder was what was killing me. Every doctor was telling me that different foods were bad and that's what diet culture does. If you really dive deep into it, you'll notice that 
everyone has a different opinion and everyone is saying that a different food is bad. And by the end of it, no food felt safe. Every food felt dangerous. I was terrified of every single food. I was so sick that the thought of eating something that would make me ill and continue living life in pain was more terrifying to me than dying of malnutrition. It was more scary to me than starving myself. Diet culture is so incredibly dangerous, especially when it comes to those who are ill because we want to get better and we are willing to do anything to get well. And we often lack control. For me, I had no control over my mind or body in the end. I had episodes all the time where I did not feel like myself in my own body or mind. And I couldn't do things that everyone else can do, like normal bodily functions such as eating or drinking or going to the bathroom or just dressing myself without exhaustion or pain. I could barely take a shower because I would be so exhausted and I would sometimes faint afterwards. And that lack of control was overwhelming and the only thing I had a say on was what I put in my mouth. I am so incredibly grateful that God opened my eyes and that I was able to find recovery. What saved me was when I realized that God is the one that made food. He made it and he said it is good. Therefore, who are we to say what food is good and bad when we are not the ones who made it? And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that recovery was easy after that. It wasn't. Every single bite of food was hard at every single meal, but I did it. I sat down, prayed over my food, and reminded myself that God has made it. It is good. I had to retrain my mind into looking at food as nourishment and as something that is able to heal me and as fuel because for so long, all I had seen food was as an enemy. I had to retrain my mind into looking at food differently because for so long, I had seen food as the enemy. I had seen food as this thing that caused my body so much harm. I had to learn that food was a gift, that food nourished my body, that food was what I needed in order to heal because it gives me everything my body needs to rebuild itself. I would look at fats and remind myself that I was eating that so that my brain could function properly. I would eat protein and remind myself that I was eating that so that my body could build muscle mass so I could walk properly. I would eat carbohydrates and remind myself that I was eating that so that I could function properly and have the energy to do so. Food is not the enemy. Food was never the enemy. The enemy was the eating disorder and the thoughts 
that it gave me and the fact that it convinced me that something as simple as eating was wrong. If you are listening to this and wondering if you are sick enough or if you deserve recovery, the answer is yes. You deserve to eat whatever your body or mind want. You deserve to recover. You deserve to be fought for. So please, fight for yourself. Fight for recovery. I'm going to close in prayer. As I mentioned in previous episodes, if you have different beliefs, you can simply say this to yourself as an affirmation. There is no judgment or pressure that doesn't exist here. That's not what I'm here for. That's not what this podcast is for. I pray that whoever is listening knows that they deserve nourishment, that they deserve recovery, and that they realize that food is fuel and that you have made it and that it is good and that they deserve to heal. And I hope that if they aren't personally going through an eating disorder and they know someone who is going through one, you give them the knowledge to know how to help and support whoever it is through it and allow us all to shine light on diet culture so that we can see it for what it truly is because once you shine light on something, the darkness cannot overcome it. Amen. That is all for today. Don't forget, it's a dark world. Be a light.